Shavua Tov, everybody. Welcome to Parashat Teruma. I recently had an interview at University of North Carolina's Psychiatry Residency Program. And I noticed something really funny as the interview went along. Of course, these North Carolina residents uh, all had this really strong southern drawl. And they were telling me, you know, Michael, we really enjoyed having you today. And by the end of the interview, I noticed that I was speaking a lot like them. I was saying, you folks are really great down there, you know, and I started sounding like Forrest Gump. And after questioning my own sanity, I realized there's actually a pretty good explanation neurologically for what I was doing. The term that's used by scientists is mirror neurons. Mirror neurons are neurons that fire both when you yourself are doing something and when you observe someone else doing that same action. And the same applies for language. When we hear somebody speaking in a certain way, we ourselves begin to speak in a very similar fashion. So mirror neurons have been demonstrated to play a key role in learning, empathy, language, theory of mind, and so much more. You know, when you play with a baby, you don't say, hey man, how's it going today? You instinctually imitate the softness and delicate nature of that baby. I think in a religious sense, we do the same thing. When we enter realms of sanctity, we act very differently than we might act at, say, a Yankee game. At least some of us might act very differently. In a religious parlance, the way of behaving uh, is known as imitatio dei, imitation of God. We're told by the Hachamim, Just like God is merciful and kind, so too should we be. And so important is this element of religious life that God is willing to depict himself in anthropomorphism, in human terms to show us how it is that we must live. So just like Hashem visited Abraham Avinu, we must visit our sick. Just like Hashem buried Moshe Rabbeinu, we must bury our dead. But the Hachamim actually don't stop there. They're even more audacious than that. And they say, just like man imitates God, so too God imitates man. They, and we hear this Midrash famously in Parashat Kitisa, when God is going to show Moshe his back, that Moshe get, gets a glimpse of God's tefillin, God's phylacteries. And we say to ourselves, what could this possibly mean? Why would God have tefillin? And we say, we know our tefillin says, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeno Shem Echad. What does God's tefillin say? Oh, of course it says that, Who is like your nation, Israel? And Kabbalistically, they go even further. They say, God is said to be in need of man's partnership. God is seeking us out, just as much as we are seeking him out. And you know something? I think the Mishkan is actually a perfect symbol for all of this. We, everyone knows that famous pasuk we're taught from a very young age, Ve'asuli mikdash ve'shachanti betocham, b'nei Yisrael are to make a sanctified place for God, and God will dwell among the people. So at the very beginning of the Mishkan commandment is this Aaron, is this ark, and we see that this is the focal point of the entire enterprise. It's all about the covenant which is resting in this ark. And this is a very strange commandment, if you look in the Torah, it says, Inside the hooks of the Aron, the Badim, the poles must remain and they can never leave. You're never allowed to take these poles out of these slots. 
I say, okay, it seems pretty trivial. All right, you know, what does this really represent? Why is this so vitally important for me to know? So I think the answer is Bnei Israel are required to carry the Aaron on their shoulders. It's never allowed to be placed on a wagon or on a donkey. And don't forget that. So in order not to forget that, you always have to leave those Badim, those uh, poles inside their slots. And according to Hanan Bam, something very interesting is also true. When these two individuals are carrying the Aaron, they need to be facing each other at all times. Does this sound familiar? Do you know of anything else regarding the Mishkan? And not just the Mishkan, Mishkan, the Aaron itself, where something is facing each other. Of course, this is the Kirubim. Those angelic figures on the Kaporet, on the covering of the Aaron, were also facing each other. So this is really something astounding. This is trying to show us the mutuality of the covenant of the Berit. Just like Bnei Israel are carrying literally and upholding the covenant at all times, facing each other. This is paralleled by the Kirubim facing each other, which is God's domain. So the message is, if we uphold the covenant, so too will God. And God will send His holy emanation of divine energy as a natural and supernatural result of our upholding that covenant. And that's why famously it said that even though it appeared that the people were carrying the Aaron, it was really the Aaron carrying them all along. So this is a tremendously beautiful idea that we put in the work and really God is there waiting in the wings all along. Of course with the Aaron, you have the center of it is the Luchot Habrit. The covenant itself, that's the glue that's binding the parties together. God on top and us on bottom. So that's how the Mishkan portion begins. But how does the Mishkan portion end? If you skip a couple parashiyot all the way at the end of the Mishkan, we hear about the beautiful description of the mitzvah of Shabbat. And what's the language the Torah uses? Ach et Shabbatotai tishmoru. Make sure you keep my Shabbatot. What, there's many Shabbatot? Why can't it just say, keep Shabbat? Why do we hear about two Shabbatot? So if you look in the text, it's actually very clear. There are two Shabbatot going on here. One is the Shabbat for God, and the other is Shabbat of man. We hear, Kodesh Lachem. We also hear, Kodesh Lachem. It's holy for you, and it's holy for God. So just like Hashem Himself kept Shabbat way back when in Bereshit, so too must we. So listen to the beautiful words of Elhanan Samet, Harav Elhanan Samet, in Gush Etzion, Israel. The Shabbat of the first half is directed from above downwards. It is a gift of sanctity that God bestows upon His nation, and it is a sign that He thereby sanctifies them with something of His sanctity. This is a transcendental Shabbat. The concepts relating to it are sanctity and profanity, Kodesh and Hol. The Shabbat of the second half, however, is the Shabbat of Israel. It bursts, bursts forth and rises from below upwards. This Shabbat is also a sign between God and Israel. It represents B'nai Israel's following the example of God in the act of creation. Israel's Shabbat is a human reaction to, to the divine gift bestowed upon them. So there you have it. Holiness of space and holiness of time, they're totally intertwined. They bookend the entire story and saga of the Mishkan. And the Torah expresses this millennia 
before Albert Einstein even thought about space-time. So with Shabbat, however, it's Hashem who has already sanctified it, and B'nai Yisrael follows suit. The Mishkan, however, is the converse. It's B'nai Yisrael who must sanctify it, and Hashem who will follow suit. So how is it that an infinite being interacts with finite creatures in a finite world? Let's go back to our original question. How could it be that we, that by us imitating God, God is imitating us? How could that even be possible? How is it that finite beings like ourselves elevate to the level of the infinite? Sorry to say, of course, it's ineffable. You can never put it into words. But there's some kind of spectacular, ineffable imitation game. In the analogy of the adult and the baby, God is like the adult and we are like the baby. And even though the two are so vastly different in so many ways, they're able to meet each other halfway. And they're able to do this beautiful cosmic dance at all times. So I'll leave you with this. Turn your mirror neurons towards God. Elevate yourself through divine actions, through holy study, through meditation and prayer, through acts of hesed and loving kindness. And if you do all of this, I assure you, God's presence will be right there waiting to greet you. I'll close finally with the beautiful words of the popular singer Zusha. Behold, I set the intention to transform myself into a holy throne and chariot for the presence of God. Thank you very much and Shavuot Tov.